Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Donkey Donkey Connection, the podcast where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. This is episode number 14. We'll be going over Monday Night Raw, the February 3rd, 2020 edition. Quick uh, shout out to February 3rd. That's actually my father's birthday, so oh. I'll give him a little bit of a shout out here. Happy birthday, Mr. Ald. Um, a little bit of news before we hop into Raw. Yeah, I, some big stuff, actually. Yeah, a couple, couple big things. One very, very special news. Uh, Mike and Maria have welcomed in their second child, Mike and Maria Canales, or Mike and Maria Bennett. Congratulations. Um, have welcomed in their second child, a young baby boy. Both uh, Maria and the baby are very healthy right now. Awesome. Uh, recovering, which is always good to hear. Um, something that kind of was announced on Twitter, um, Goldberg is returning to SmackDown this week. That's going to be huge. Yeah. We both have our predictions as to who it's going to be. Yep. We will see who it's going to be on Friday, obviously, on our Saturday episode. We'll discuss that. Yep. But the biggest news, last Friday, we didn't mention it last weekend on the show. We should have, but last Friday, WWE's stocks plummeted over 20%. I know. Because of the departure of George Berrios and Michelle Wilson, co-presidents of the WWE. That's huge. Um, But with... That means is that there's stock to be purchased right now. Exactly. And I if, think I think and, and if our any, buddy Matt actually scooped up a and if, scooped up a share. And if anybody wants to jump in, now it's the hot time to do it. Yeah. Because WWE is starting to heat up, especially because really, it's uh, mania season. Well, not even just because it's mania season. They're starting to heat up because yeah. they're starting to just do things right. Yes, the house show attendance is down. There's talks about this empty arenas at the house shows and stuff like that. <laughs> but you want to know something? McMahon even put it out there, I think, a couple of days ago, because apparently this Raw was supposed to be like a pretty uh, pretty empty house or whatever. He goes, I'll put my talent out there with nobody in the arena. I don't care mm-hmm. because my talent is good enough to go out there and put on a banger of a show every night. And guess what this Monday Night Raw did again? It was a banger. It was a really, really good it show. It was a very good show from the opening promo. I actually scratched that. From the opening video package that highlighted last week's closing package. Mm-hmm. All Which opened up this first oh, section. Exactly. It goes all the way until the very last moment when, once again, Mr. Part-Time doesn't show up to Monday Night Raw. I showed up for, I think it's the fifth straight shows week. Shows up again and F5s the champion, the winner of the triple threat match to hell. And it's perfect. Like I said, Raw is doing a great job. Actually, forget Raw. WWE. Yeah, is doing a great job of yeah. cohesive story building and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Albeit some of the stories suck and are being dragged on a little bit too long, it doesn't matter. I think one of the said said storylines that kind of starting to suck just got a big wrench thrown into it. That I think is going to make it really good. Yeah, well, my hope is that this big wrench kind of pulls one of the characters out of that, that storyline. That's kind of what I mean. Is and, like one of these characters that was stuck into the storyline yeah. gets pulled out because of this wrench. Of this new wrench that kind of gets thrown in there. Yeah. But I mean, <clears throat> Raw starts with an excellent video package. Yeah. Uh, highlighting. The Edge Randy Orton stuff from last week. And it, w- it was like, prof- I mean, obviously they got obviously professionally edited. But-, but it was edited to a level that was like, like Marvel Cinematic Universe quality yeah. of editing and just highlighting all the key moments and stuff like that. And then Randy Orton comes down and he doesn't say 15 words. No, he he says, you want me to explain why I did what I did? You don't deserve to know. You don't need to know. And he left the and ring. And that's it. And that anticipation. And he was getting oh. booed out of the 
building. Dude, it almost felt, I'm going to tell you something right now. It almost felt as if last week's Monday Night Raw ended and they just stood in the exact same place mm-hmm. and filmed. This isn't even, it didn't even feel like a live Raw because of the way that the crowd was so mad at Randy Orton. Yeah, this is oh. legend killer Randy back. Dude, it is so good. And I'm hoping they did something later on in the night between two female superstars I thought was good. I thought there was a way they could have done it better. I'm hoping with this story arc, with this Orton and Edge story, that they don't just shoehorn Edge back into it, but like we said last week, you slowly build it. Mm -hmm. You make him cost him a match, and that's how you build to the match between the two of them at WrestleMania. Yeah, what I think it's going to be is Randy's going to find himself into another program be it a three-week program with somebody. Um, and then they have a major match at a pay-per-view before Mania, most likely Elimination Chamber, where Orton finds himself on the winning end of that match. And then Edge comes out, costs him the match, and then they start having promos back and forth and costing each other matches and moments and everything and attacking each other. And it builds to this massive grudge match at Mania. Yes, but if it builds to a grudge match, it has to be a grudge match. It has yeah. to be a street fight. Street fight, no holds barred. First blood. I know WWE doesn't do blood I anymore. quit match. I quit. It has to be a real... You want to know what would be a great stipulation for that? Hell in a Cell? Yeah. If you didn't have a dedicated pet review to Hell in a Cell? Yeah, that would be... That would be the perfect stipulation because these two guys would be locked inside of a chamber that you cannot escape from. they do a steel cage. It, it's not the it's same. Not the sa- it's, it's nowhere near the it's same. It's not the same. But they, but WWE would. They would, but it's not the same. So that was the first segment, and it was a great way to kick off Raw. Yeah. Second segment was actually this huge return we're talking about. Yes. We had a duplicate match. Uh, another one of those. From uh, last week's Raw. And Liv Morgan versus Lana. And from the pay-per-view. <laughs> Um, well, it harkened back to the pay-per-view yeah, because yeah, they didn't yeah. have a match, but they did have an altercation. Liv Morgan and Lana. Liv Morgan wins again in real quick fashion. Good. And then hits Ruby Riot's music. That's so good. Ruby with long green hair. She doesn't have her shortcut hair anymore. Yep. Which I think this fits her character. Oh, that yeah, it definitely fits her character. And, um, I mean, eight months away from the ring. Yeah. Double, Double shoulder, shoulder surgery. surgery yeah. Oof. Um, She finds her way down to... Uh, to the ring to kind of gives live a hug and all that such and starts to help her up and everything. Then absolutely Molly walks her. Cleans her out. Yeah. Cleans her out. And then just is absolutely brawling with her. And Lana's in the corner living this up. Yes. Now, where do you think WWE is going with it? And where do you hope WWE goes with it? Where do I hope that they go with it? Yes. I hope this just is a Dakota Kai Tegan Knox thing. Where it's Liv Morgan versus Lana, not Lana. Liv Morgan versus Ruby Wright, two former best friends. Yep. That have one has turned on the other. Yep. And they have like grudge matches. What I think WWE's doing I, in it. I'm I'm on the same page with you, by the way. I'm hoping that it's like a best of three thing. They can build it up, build it up, build it up, get it to, you know, an elimination chamber or something like that, where the, the those two women are in the elimination chamber together. They both cost each other the match or something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. 
I have a funny, funny feeling that you're going to be on the same page as me when it comes to where they're going with this. That Ruby Riot and Lana are going to align with each other. Yes. That Ruby Riot is the bodyguard to Lana when Bobby Lashley isn't around. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid that's where they're going to go with that's this. going to become that three. That trio is going to become a, a faction. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not as well. But the way Lana was in the in the corner, kind of laughing it up, and then afterwards, Ruby kind of gave live to Lana. That's kind of where I think they're going. Yeah, with I just hope not because Ruby Riot is a single star who we haven't really talked about much because she's been on the shelf for so long. Yeah, but she's the type of single star that she could challenge Becky Lynch for the for the Raw championship without a doubt. She has that talent. She does. But when she came up to NXT or come up to Maine, she was stuck in the Riot Squad. I wouldn't call it stuck. The Riot Squad did not do as nearly as much as Absolution did. No, I know it didn't. The Riot Squad was the answer to Absolution. Yes, and then never went anywhere else. No. So, what I think would be interesting is if, say, in like an Elimination Chamber, where you have Liv, Ruby, and Sarah. And Sarah tries to play mediator. No, I think they're pretty much done with Sarah Logan. You think? Yeah. Yeah, Sarah, I hope Sarah, not. Sarah Logan's character needs a full reset, unfortunately. Yeah, I they, hope they, not. They blew their chance with what they could have done with Sarah Logan um, on this whole um, Charlotte Flair angle that they missed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Because obviously their intention is to give Charlotte Flair Charlotte Flair's rub to somebody else. Based on a, prom- a promo that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Up next, 24-7 champion Mojo Rawley. As we were talking, they were finally giving it to a legitimate person. Gets squashed in about 30 seconds by uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, he gets the job at entrance. You don't yeah. even hear his music playing. Yeah. He gets to the ring. McIntyre hits the, does the countdown, hits the Claymore. Yeah, he does, he does a promo and says, this isn't going to take long. It's going to be Claymore, one, two, three, and then you're done. Yeah. Hit Claymore, one, two, three, he's done. Yeah. Now, I thought Riddick Moss was going to take advantage and pin Mojo. No, Riddick Moss is there to protect Mojo Raleigh. That's why nobody came out. They, Fair. They knew that Riddick Moss was there. There was no way they were going to be able to pin. They got to find a way to separate the two of them, and it's the only way that Mojo Raleigh is going to lose the belt. But like we were saying last week, it was nice to see the 24-7 champion actually be in the ring and actually having a true match. Yeah. And then the next week, they go and they serve him up to... Mr. Uh, Mr. Three Two One now Drew McIntyre, which yeah. I love, which, yeah. which which I love. That's the it's the right thing to do with McIntyre. Let yeah. him let him live it up. Let him be the Royal Rumble champion. Let him be the face. Let him be the face. Just let him wreck people. Yeah. I'm just sure that I'm I'm about ninety percent positive there are other heels they could have thrown into that. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. So that's just my thing. But hey, gets Mojo Rawley on TV again. Yeah. Gets a 24-7 championship in the ring. Yep. Obviously, the belt was on the line, so somehow McIntyre didn't leave with the belt because yeah. the belt should have been on the line. Yeah. So he should technically be the 24-7 champion Because right he now. pinned the 24-7 champion. Because he pinned the 24-7 champion. So do we have a new 24-7 champion? I feel like the 24-7 champion is finally, for the first t- or second time, on vacant. Well, McIntyre won the match, yeah. which means he won the belt. But I think he might have like not wanted the belt because it's below him. <laughs> but then that was all the rules right out the window. Tangents. Um, Just being honest. Yeah. Next segment was a six-man elimination tag team this was tag match. Awesome. I love elimination matches. Oh, man, I love elimination matches because they follow a formula, and you have Kevin Owens play into that formula to a perfect T. Yeah. 
Immediately, he gets down 3-1. It's mm-hmm. him in the ring by himself versus the AOP and Buddy Murphy. Yeah. And he's able to storm back and eliminate both members of the AOP. Nope. I thought he eliminated both. Nope. He eliminated, I believe it was Akum. Um, yes, he hel- he eliminated Akum. Okay. Then he eliminated Buddy Murphy. Okay, all right. And then Seth Rollins came down to the ring and assisted Razor in picking up the victory. Okay, all right. So, however it worked out, it got back to a t- it got back to a one on one match. Albeit with this faction, there isn't a one on one. It's dynamic. never going to be one on one dynamic because you're always going to have that fourth member who's going to come down and do something. Yep. But it puts Kevin Owens in such a strong light. You yep. know what I mean? The 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 prevailing baby face who's eventually going to unseat some heel. One of these guys is going to end up holding the singles belt, whether it's Rollins or Buddy Murphy. It's probably going to be Rollins. And and Owens is going to be the one to take it off of him because he's that prevailing face of the U.S. champion right now is Andrade. Yeah, who's off TV for the next 30 days. Yeah, I don't think Andrade is going to drop that belt to anybody in that faction. No. Or that faction is going to get that belt anytime soon, so it would have to be the WWE Championship. But... That's not going to happen because McIntyre is going to win it. So unless Rollins beats McIntyre for the championship, and then Owens gets it off him or, or, early or, next year, or Samoa Joe comes or back, or Joe, yeah, they can take the belts, tag team belts, possibly. I mean, there was yeah. no Joe sighting this week, so no, there wasn't. Um, but no, I'm I'm liking this the storyline. Yes, with the Monday Night Messiah and his disciples. Yes, his yes. um his apostles, his apostles, yeah. Up next, Aleister Black brought the fight to Eric Young and squashed him. Yep. Again, somebody's on TV again just to be squashed, but I almost... So, I want one the, I want Black in an actual thing. Feud, yeah. But we're missing somebody for him to go after her. Yeah. He's suspended. <laughs> yeah. But he's part of another feud that we're going to get to next, and I'm very excited about where WWE's headed with this. Yeah. But back to Black and Young. Huh? Yeah, Um. because... <laughs> He brought the fight to Eric Young, but like it should be him actually like going to the back and fighting people in the back. Yeah, just black massing people who, yes. are, who are standing around yeah. and catering. You remember back in like I'm trying to remember who was the champion? Oh, Rollins. Back when Rollins was with the Authority and Randy Orton was a face, and he went back and he says, "I'm going to RKO everybody that I see until I can get my hands on you." And it was leading up to a Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton steel cage match. And Randy Orton went back and RKO'd legitimately everybody they could. He, uh, J&J, he RKO'd Kane, he RKO'd Ka- uh, random guys in the back. I think he re- RKO'd R-Truth or I whatever. I think Shawn Michaels did the same thing where he super kicked everybody until he could get to Triple H or something like that. Yeah, and then the cage was coming down and Randy Orton slithered in, hit the RKO on Seth Rollins, and he got his one-up as he lost the next week yeah. or that pay-per-view but anyway i think it should be the exact same thing for black he should go into the back and see something like hey you're a heel i don't like you black mass yeah hey you're another heel i don't like you either boom black mass oh you're a face but no one likes you boom black mass yeah and just bring the fight until everybody until a legitimate opponent comes up to him and steps up and steps up and say hey this reign of terror needs to stop yeah and then that sets up the feud. Okay. All right. But that means that if it's called a reign of terror, that means Black's the fate uh, is the, the heel. heel. Has to be the heel. Just so you know, you use the words reign of terror. 
And that's exactly what it would be. He'd be a reign of terror in the backstage, just black massing people. Yeah. So I have no problem with it. I just don't want to see Black be a heel because in the next segment... I don't think he could be heel or face. He's tweener. That's why he black masses heels and faces. Yeah, but then you're going to give him the definitive title of heel. Because he's black Because a heel isn't going to go after him for black massing. The only way a heel goes after him for black massing is if he gets black masked. True. A face is the only one who would say, hey, you need to stop this. Do you know what I'm saying? Here's something he could do. The only way Andrade could go after Black for Black massing somebody is Selena Vega. Is Zelina Vega, who is Alistair Black's significant other, so she could take the Black Mass. Okay. Because he could do it safe enough, and she would be trained to take it. Okay. I mean, I have no problem with it, but as of right now... The E won't go that way. The E won't go that way, and Andrade is going to be caught up in a fatal four-way United States Championship match at the next pay-per-view. Yeah, with all these people in the next segment. Oh, man, this next segment, so good. First of all, Angel Gaza has went from 205 champion, NXT Cruiserweight champion, to 205 Live, to Monday Night Raw in one week. Yeah. It is awesome. And And I love that Zelina Vega is is the, the manager. Yes. So that almost puts Angel Garza on the same level as Andrade. Yep, yep, exactly. And he came out and he beat the crap out of his own cousin. Yeah, Umberto. Hit, Umberto. hit him with the wing clipper. Yep. And then went to go for the draping, uh, for the hammerlock DDT on, on the, the exposed concrete. And then Ray, and then Ray, came Ray come down for the save. And then Ray wins via DQ after getting uh, DDT'd onto the exposed concrete. Yep. This is such good stuff. Dude, this is going to be an amazing Fatal 4-Way. Yeah. We've already seen what Garza can do in a Fatal 4-Way. Yeah. We know what Ray Mysterio can do in a Fatal 4-Way. Um... Probably the greatest ladder match in NXT history involved Andrade yeah. for the for the US championship. You mean I mean, North American Championship. Was he in that? I believe he was No, I, no, 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 no. He wasn't in that. He wasn't in no. that. He was in no, he was in the one on um um on WWE for the Intercontinental title. Yes. That's the one he was on. I'm sorry. That one was amazing too, where he where he uh sent on bombed uh, yeah. Finn Balor onto the uh ladder. Yeah. And then And then um, Umberto Correa, we know he's gonna go for yeah. for ages because yes. he can go. You can go. This is going to be an amazing, an amazing fatal four-way. Um, now, does is get, Andrade does it, under 205? No. No. No, he's over. So he's the only non-cruiserweight in this? Yes. But yeah. he can move like a cruiserweight. He can move like a cruiserweight, and you know what the best part about it is? That division just needs to move 20 pounds. Exactly. And then it can be part of it. Yep. Perfect. And it would be the WWE NXT UK European Championship. Yep. Okay. Our truth over here with the 24-7, 48-12... <laughs> well, it's because it's the WWE NXT North I, American. I and know, I know. I'm just I saying, know, bro. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time because that's our truth. Every time he comes out and talks about his championship belt, the European Championship. Yes, exactly. And then he finds himself to NXT UK and actually wins the European Championship. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Then he'd truly be the 24 seven European, European champion. And then he's got to win the United States title as well. Yeah. <laughs> and he just names out every single mid card title. And here's a tangent. Yes. <laughs> We're going to call it out every single time one of us goes yes, on the tangent. Are. Yes, we are. Please, I'm going to cut in right now. Anybody listening, start making a tally starting from episode 14 until Mania. Do a tally of every single tangent that one of us starts, and then we'll come up with some like punishment for whoever starts the most tangents. Okay, well, here was another one, so let's get no, to No, 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 that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Okay, all right. 
Um, <clears throat> next segment. Speaking of NXT. Oh man, Charlotte Flair comes out to announce who she's going to face, yeah, well, and she's interrupted by a champion. Yes, who she has never beaten, but has beaten her, the NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. So good. Now, I like the way that this was done, as long as it leads into one thing. And that's at NXT Portland. During Rhea Ripley's match, Flair gets involved to make sure Ripley holds the belt. She attacks Ripley in the match to disqualify let her win via DQ. Yes, so she can keep the title. So this way she can make sure she goes after Ripley because she wants to go after that victory that Ripley already holds over her. And that will give Ripley such a rub when she beats Charlotte Flair at Mania. At Mania, and it's not having a takeover; it's happening at Mania. Correct. That's why she needs to get involved at this next takeover. She she doesn't need to show up this week in Florida. She doesn't need to do that. She is though. It's confirmed she is. Okay, but she doesn't need to do that. No, I just feel like show up in Portland. Do show it that up way. in Portland. Make sure that Ripley holds the belt. Yeah, and that's it. That is it. That sets up your women's championship war, uh, Royal Rumble match at Mania. Yes. Not a tangent, but is the NXT championship defended at Mania? Yes. It should be. It should be. But if it's defended at TakeOver Tampa Bay, it won't. You know what? If they're going to put this belt on Mania, they're not going to put the men's championship on Mania. Yeah. That's what will end up happening. Yeah. If this belt's the on Mania, men's, the men's, men's belt will main event. Main event, Tampa. Tampa takeover. Bay, yeah. So. And this car, this will probably be early. No, won't be early. Early Mania. Won't be early. No? Nope. It'll be the perfect midway of the night. Okay. You'll get a dud You'll get a dud match right before it, and this will pick the crowd right back up. Yeah. They won't put it in the death slot, which is the shot, the slot right before main you'll event. Get, you'll get the, the Roman Baron Corbin dog food match before this match. Yes, exactly. Oh, God, please no. Please. Um, but great promo, um, yeah. both ways. Rhea Ripley just comes out and she basically says, "Yeah, I own you." Basically, yeah. Um, she's like, "This is what we should fight over." You've beaten Becky, you've beaten Bailey, but you know who haven't you? You haven't beaten me, me. But you know who has beaten you? Me. Yeah. Now you want to choose what title? Well, you should face this one and then hold up the belt. Yep. And then Charlotte, cocky as ever, just walks out the ring. Yeah. Doesn't answer anything. Charlotte's music plays. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be very good. Next segment. Women's tag team champion Asuka defeats Natalia, and then challenges Becky to a rematch. It was a very quick match. Uh, actually, the match went over 10 minutes. Did it really? Yes. And Natalia hung in there the whole time. This was a really good match. If there's a match to kind of go back and watch that was quietly under the table on this Monday Night Raw, this one? it was this match. Natalia kept trying to work in the sharpshooter and work in the sharpshooter and kept getting, you know, Oscar into predi- you know, predicaments. And obviously Kyrie Zane does her little distraction stuff. Yeah. And then Oscar gets the Asuka win. Oscar the Oscar lock. But this was quietly a very good technical match and a very good showcase for Natalia to once again show that she's good. She is that. Elder states face who can put, that can put over, over talent. Yeah. Exactly. And eventually get to the training center and get backstage like her husband, Tyson Kidd. Yeah. And do things in that manner 
to get her out of the ring and do sparing stuff like a Beth Phoenix. Like an edge. Like an edge. Exactly. I'm not saying she's there yet. I think maybe she may have one more title run in her if WWE wants to put the belt on her. I can see one more. But these types of matches show what she's able to do with the talent when she can do some work with them. Remember, she got Lacey Evans over at Saudi Arabia last year. Got her to be a face. Yeah. Okay. And now she's in. She just had this single match with Oscar, but she's had multiple good matches with Oscar throughout their entire. Whether Natalia played heel, Oscar played face, Natalia played throughout face, the tenures, yeah, exactly. This match was another showcase of that. It took a heel tactic for Natalia to lose this match, and then obviously Becky Lynch comes down. Oscar challenges again for the belt. We're gonna get that match again. I just want. What's happening next week? No, it's gonna happen at Mania. I have a funny feeling it's going to get dragged out to Mania. And I hope, I hope, I hope if they're going to drag it out that long that they can build a very good story element to it. That can make it legitimate for Oscar to win that belt. Exactly. Because Oscar, this this should be Oscar has the belt now and Becky's chasing her to Mania. That's what this story should have been. But no, at the Rumble you put Becky over again. Yeah, they're going to have to heal Oscar win this belt. And is she going to be Oscar two belts or is she going to drop those tag titles before? Uh, they'll drop the tag titles beforehand to um, uh, Bliss and Cross. Uh, Bliss Cross Applesauce. Bliss Cross Applesauce. Yeah. Um, your main event, the triple threat match for the number one contendership. Now, throughout the course of the night, each one of these guys cut a yes. promo in the back. Um, the promos progressively got worse. Rollins had a good promo. Ricochet Ricochet's was, eh. Bobby's and Bobby was, Lashley's was just way off on a tangent. <clears throat> so you could kind of, like, just based on the promos, it was kind of like, okay, Rollins, okay, Rollins is going to get out of this match. And, and Rollins is going to face He's going to face Lesnar. Brock, uh, Brock again, yeah. But the thing was is this match had three very interesting dynamics. You had the flippy guy, speed guy, and Ricochet. You had the powerhouse and Bobby Lashley. Lashley. And you had the guy with friends. Yeah. And all three elements came into play. During this match, mm-hmm. Lashley pretty much took control of the first half of this match, overpowering everybody. Yeah, but because it's a triple threat, there's no disqualification. Yep. So who comes down? Rollins the apostles. Friends. Yeah. The apostles come down, start wrecking everybody around, but everybody gets saved because Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders mm-hmm. are just sick of everyone's crap in that group. Yep. And they came down with chairs, started clearing out house, getting the apostles in the back, which essentially took Rollins out of the match. Mm-hmm. And because of the wear and tear that was put on Bobby Lashley by the Apostles and by Rollins, Ricochet hits the 630, and everyone's waiting for the pinfall to get broken up. And then before you know it, it's one, two, three, clean win for Ricochet, and he's going to Jetta, and he's going to face the Beast Incarnate. And this is, again, good storytelling, because you're continuing what happened three weeks ago when... Was it three or two? Whatever it was. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago when Lesnar kicked him in the balls. Yeah. And then you get to the Royal Rumble, where Ricochet kicks him in the balls. Yeah. And then assists And McIntyre. then assists McIntyre to get him out of the ring. Well, it doesn't assist him, but that kick to the balls is what stunned Lesnar. And then Lesnar gets Claymore out of the ring. Yeah. And then what happens after this match? F5 to Oblivion. Yes, because Lesnar, Mr. Part-Time, doesn't show up for anything. I mean, sprints down to the ring. He probably could have box jumped right into the ring if he wanted to. Yeah. Slid under Bring the rope. Bring out a Sin as a uh, trampoline. Low springboard. Slid under the rope, picked up Ricochet, and just flatlined him. Yeah. 
and he looked so pissed. Yeah. Like, Lesnar is a guy on a mission right now, and he has two targets. He has Ricochet, Ricochet and Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre. And it's going to work out so beautifully that he's going to basically annihilate Ricochet. Yeah. It's going to be a great match. And I know everyone looks at Lesnar matches. They follow a formula. Lesnar with small guys is always really Lesnar good. AJ. Lesnar uh, Brian. Brian. Lesnar Bala. Bala, yeah. Lesnar Rollins. Yeah. Uh, Le- Lesnar Roman. Yeah, Lesnar versus big bulking guys is exactly what you get. That Kane, hulking match. Big Show, Braun Goldberg. Strowman, Goldberg. I mean... I'd say almost even Roman. No, because the, some... the Roman matches were good. But the Roman matches were on a completely different level. Yeah, because there, there was... There Ro- were so many of them. Yeah, and that's and a problem. so many different things happened. Yep. And, the um, whole crap with the, the spear through the steel cage. Yep. Where Brock's back hit first, but Roman's feet hit first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock hit the ground first, so he won the match. Yeah. But Roman's feet actually hit first. The whole shenanigans. Yeah. I think it's going to be good, and I think it's going to go seven minutes. Eight minutes. Seven, eight minutes. Yep. Seven it's minutes. Gonna, it's going to. I think it's almost going to follow, follow the Finn Balor formula from Royal Rumble last year. And you know how I think this match is going to end? Not VNF5. I think Brock's going to be laid out for some reason, and Ricochet goes for the 630. Catches him in a Kimura. Catches him in a Kimura lock. Just like he did the Bala last year. Yep. Because he made he made Bala tap. Yeah. Bala didn't take a pinfall. Yeah. So that's how it's going to end. That's going to be interesting because Bala... See, both their moves, Bala's last year, which was the coup de grace, and the 630 both target the midsection. Yep. And that's what happened was Bala ta- targeted the midsection and the diverticulitis... In that little shot where he took it in the corner of the announce table, which looks so painful. I mean, Lesnar went from pale white to beet red in 10 seconds after he hit the corner of that table. And Balor attacked that the entire match until he went to go do the coup de grace and got caught. That, that's an that's a interesting way that the match may end with the 630. Yeah. That, that's very interesting. I, I, I truly enjoy that. I would truly enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy a good match between the two of these guys. Yeah, it's going to be really good. It, I actually have a lot of faith in this Saudi show. I do too. I, I think too. it's going to be pretty good. I do too. They just got to make sure to get the talent back. Exactly. <laughs> so, I think that basically finishes this episode off. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have anything else. Nope. Um, obviously, follow us on social media, Double Doink Network, mm-hmm. um, on Facebook and Instagram. Dave, of course, as we as you know, has the keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. So, he is pretty much running the Instagram at this point. I'm doing my uh, best. I, yeah, I do have my posts uh, after shows. I'm going to try and get better at those. But as soon as shows go live, I'll post a, a photo that has something to do with the show um, and basically announce, hey, there's a new episode live. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook is more so for for updates. We also link the show through Facebook automatically, um, but we do sometimes post longer updates on there. Um, but that's more so when big things happen, like big news things that need to happen right away. Yeah. Um, but that basically finishes this episode off. Obviously, uh, follow the show, comment uh, what you guys want to hear us talk about on the show. Uh, if you have any comments to what uh, what we say on the show, or you have any suggestions um, as to your own opinions of what happened, uh, please let us know. Uh, we will definitely shut you guys out. Um, you're you guys are what 
keeps us going. Yes. Because if it was us just talking to each other, we wouldn't even record. Because we, before we started recording the show, I'm going to break the fourth wall here. Before we record, started recording the show, we were talking for like 25, 30 minutes straight about random nonsense. Yep, pretty much. I have a bad, bad tendency of doing tangents. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if we went back and we started counting all the tangents, yeah. I, I would have a strong lead. You'd have a strong lead over us, yeah. Um, but that basically finishes us off. Obviously, this has been a double doink production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we have two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.